from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Friday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, everything you know about the forthcoming, uh, everything you need to know about the forthcoming uh, Aussie election will mark the week. It's what we do on Fridays. Uh, should influencers be identified on Insta, uh, and is violent gaming bad for us? But before any of that. Uh, the latest Kiwi Build numbers. Not good, not good. Developers are offering bribes to get people interested. Highest interest so far has been the McLennan development in Papakura, which is in Auckland. 77 people applied to buy one of 18 homes. The latest ballots for five more houses in that same development, less than 30. So it's gone from 77 down to 30. In Otahuhu, just four people entered the ballot. Four. Uh, in Takaufata where Mr. Twyford has been a number of times and excitedly showing off the properties, the number of people interested in those particular properties, zero, none. Not a single person into the ballot. Not one person into the ballot. Only hunger in Auckland, they've put the houses on the open market. Wanaka, no one in the ballot, they put the houses on the open market. Last night I'm watching TV3 and Twyford goes, the demand is clearly there. No one's in the ballot. No, no one's in the ballot. And the minister in charge is going, oh, the demand is clearly there. No, he's not talking about homeowners. <laughs> he's, he's talking about people from inside his own caucus, probably. Developers, they're demanding it. Developers are offering incentives now for buyers. 15 homes in Pukekohe. You can buy them without even going in the ballot. They cancel the ballot. There's no ballot. Want a home? Have a home. That's called the open market, Phil. It already existed before you turned up. Uh, in, they've got incentives as well. The first 10 buyers will get $5,000 towards whiteware and furniture. That's how bad it's got. No ballot and some steak knives and $5,000 worth of whiteware and furniture. That's your gold standard government policy. Are they about to start paying us to go into their houses? If so, I'm probably keen. Um, what's happening in, over in Australia? What's the bribes there? Uh, how will Scott Morrison uh, win the election uh, now that he's uh, taking over? It looks like he's actually getting a bit of momentum. Enter Scott Morrison, a blokey sort of bloke who under different circumstances would be doing a lot better than he currently is. But back to history. The Libs have been here before, of course, namely under John Howard, and the very thing that saved Howard twice could save Morrison, the boats. The boats, the smugglers, and the refugees. Labour, for the first time in about 100 years this week, defeated the government on a vote. It was a vote on refugees. Broadly, they are softer on refugees than the government. They want them brought to the mainland, they want them better resourced and better looked after. But in winning the vote in the House, that vote has has enabled the government to uh, not only one, shove the embarrassment of an historic vote lost to one side, but more importantly, two, show tangibly that the opposition is soft on boats. And if they can cement that thought in the electorate's mind, watch the polls close. The boats have been a disaster for Australia. The very reason they're on Nauru and Manus is because they filled up the mainland. The centres were heaving with dangerous, uncleared desperados with Lord knows what intent. And if we know one thing in this wacky old world of ours these days, borders are worth votes. People want to protect their country and their lifestyle. If Morrison can milk that, what was foregone by way of a conclusion, may well now be a race. Yes, it's called, oh, it's a called, oh yes, the Winston Peters strategy, that's right.
uh, just get real uh, racist and xenophobic leading up to election time. That's how that rolls. Um, Mark the Week is how we roll every Friday, and today was no different. I mean, it was a different Mark the Week, but I just meant it's Friday, so we did it again. Jacinda, four. Of course, um, I, I read your column. With great interest um, each week, uh, Mike. Struggling. 11 pages of waffle in the opening statement. The light rail promise she made. Her first ever promises leader. That's now trashed. And unable on this show to tell us why she made up the Maori unemployment stats. That's not a good week. But then she had the poll. China, four. To say there's nothing to see here, and it's all down to diaries, is to treat us like idiots. And we're not idiots. Ma-a-nonu, nine. My hero of the week, 40. And on the verge of the ABs and the big dream, if that doesn't inspire you, nothing will. Uh, the panic over the ABs post the Cup 4. Can all the rugby writers stop looking in their filing cabinets and regurgitating the same crap they did four years ago? We'll be fine. Banning smoking in cars, 6. Because, I mean, who in their right mind can be against that? But is it practical or real or just a massive piece of virtue signalling? Uh, the construction sector, 57. Yes! As in 1,000. That's how many workers they need, 57,000. Methanex, 14. They're hiring, and their starting wage at Methanex, starting wage is $100,000. The work's there if you want it. Vegetarians, 5. Startling, to me anyway, that after all the noise, all the hype, only 10% of us are vegos or flexitarians, proving yet again the media and social media and the real world are two completely different places. Cape Kidnappers Golf Course, 10. As in the top 10 golf courses in the world and made possible by a foreigner who came here, invested his money, this was before we resented foreigners, of course, and transformed the landscape. You gave out a lot of high marks in Mark the Week this week. I had to keep coming up with new noises. That's a lot of pressure for me. Um, I mean, I've got, I've, got a, I've got my socials that I've got to work. I've got to get onto that. Do they have to, when they say something, oh boy, it's such a hot day, I just love my Coca-Cola, do they have to, if they're getting paid for that, alert you to that or not? The Advertising Standards Association says that they must disclose it, but there's no real guideline as to how. So in the US, the, F- the Free Trade Commission says that it has to be clear when content's paid for with hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored. Mm-hmm. Whereas we don't have anything concrete. And the UK are now starting to get a little bit tougher as well, saying that you've got to be very clear. So things like saying, I'm a partner with this brand, which is a, a way of saying you're sponsored without saying you're sponsored, aren't sure. cutting it anymore. And there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. If you say, for example, oh, it's such a hot day and I'm enjoying my Coca-Cola hashtag sponsored brand, and, and you're, you're, you're allowed to do that and that's okay. But the problem here is that there's, there's this, this sense from the people who follow these people on social media that they're, they're just there to manipulate you. And that's the backlash, isn't it? Yeah, and it's true. There are some people who, power to them, they can make money off their social media accounts, absolutely, but they can go too far. Mm. And influencers basically derive from your authenticity, and that's what people originally will follow a person for. So if you keep pushing out these sponsored posts, you've got to question the authenticity because is it a real opinion and is it... Or are your opinions paid for now? It depends on who you are, of course. There are people, see, I think of All Blacks, for example, they're going to play rugby whether or not you follow them on Instagram or Snapchat. It doesn't really make any difference to them. But what about Absolutely. the people, What about the people, for example, I'm thinking old Matoodles, you know, Art and Matilda, <laughs> and they're famous for, I mean, basically, God bless them, they do nothing but make a living from being on social media, don't they? I know. Surely, I mean, there's not a person alive on this planet in this day and age, is there, who doesn't just automatically assume... That if somebody's uh, touting something on the internet, 
it's been either sent for them for free or they're getting paid to say nice things about it. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? And if you are stupid enough to fall for that, well, I mean... Anyway, it's like people who think that playing violent video games turns you into a serial killer. What do we think we know when it comes to violent video games and kids playing them? What we think we know is that uh, kids are playing more and more violent video games and we think we know that this is a disaster and it can lead nowhere good and it's all going to hell in a handcart and that we're seeing a changed behavioural pattern from many of the kids who spend a lot of time in front of a screen. That's what we think we know, right? Well, the University of Oxford and Cardiff University, they got together and worked out whether playing violent games causes young people to become more aggressive. This is in the Royal Society Open Science magazine, a thousand teens and their parents, and their parents, and what's been interesting is they've not really studied their parents or talked to parents. Video games have become more lifelike and violent, of course, and the previous efforts to study the impact excluded the critical factor, the, 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 the mum and dad. What do you think? Are the, are the kids getting more aggressive or not? how much they played, what kinds of games were involved, rating the games, all of those sort of things they covered off. So they used multiple regression analysis, and they can report, are you ready? They can report that neither the teens nor their parents noticed any increase of aggressive behaviour that could be tied to violent video games. Bosco's Fuddy Duddy Study Buddies. So next time you hear on the news the increasing worry about these kids going nuts, according to the University of Oxford and the Cardiff University, is simply isn't true. So that's um, that's reassuring. It is still worrying, though, because you know that there's a new one now, Apex Legends. Uh, are your kids playing Apex Legends yet? If not, they will be. 25 million people are every week playing Apex Legends. Uh, my 15-year-old, she's playing it, and she loves it. It's Apparently it's better than anything that's ever happened before. Uh, and when she got it up and running the other day and she was playing it and she'd been playing it for, I don't know, however many hours on end, and she just turned around to me at one point and she says, oh, the guns feel so nice. Is that, is that a normal thing to say? I don't know anymore. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, I'll be saying a lot of abnormal things for you again uh, next week when we re-wrap on Monday. See you then.